passionate, driven, enthusiastic, euphoric. This is who we are as entrepreneurs, but how we leverage these incredible attributes to dream and build businesses that scale and grow is what this podcast is all about. Hello, I'm attorneypreneur Josh Brown, and welcome to Franchise Euphoria. How to avoid being a money moron is the topic of today's episode. Hello, everybody. Josh Brown here, back with another episode of Franchise Euphoria. And today I'm thrilled to have on Scott Allen Turner, who is a financial rock star who went from a money moron at age 22 to self-made millionaire 13 years later. Scott is an early retiree who spends his time helping people get out of debt faster, save more money, and retire rich. He is the radio and podcast host of The Scott Allen Turner Show and a best-selling author of a book called 99 Minute Millionaire, where he goes through the process and steps of how you can get out of debt faster and make more money and make it last longer. So today, um, real excited to have Scott on the show. And you'll hear from this interview when we when we go to it here in a minute or two. You'll learn a little bit about you know Scott's background. He's been involved in a number of different companies, both on, at a corporate level, retail, and then also online and service-based businesses. And really hones in his craft on helping entrepreneurs who are getting started make good financial decisions. So hopefully if you find yourself in that place, you will find this episode um, helpful and uh, will provide value to you and your business. So without further ado, here is the interview with Scott Allen Turner. Well, hello, Scott. Welcome to Franchise Euphoria. How are you doing today? I'm doing great, Josh. Thanks for having me on. So you are the the financial rock star. Is that is that my understanding? Yes, that's correct. And I do play in a band. <laughs> <laughs> so, so so tell me this. I know, um, you know, obviously you've probably explained this a time or two, but 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 talk a little bit about your your, your history and how you got into um, into the business that you're in, the consultancy that you're in, in terms of helping business owners with their with the financial aspect of their business. Because as we all know, that's not the fun, sexy part of a business, but it's the most important part of a business. Sure, absolutely. Helps your business thrive. I, like most people, came out of college with very little financial knowledge as far as personal finance, not learning much from my parents. They certainly don't teach it in school. So I came out with student loan debt, credit card debt, got into buying new cars that I couldn't otherwise afford. Went through that cycle a couple times, paid down some debts, and went in. it was one time was not enough. So I got into some more debt, too much house, another new car, and kind of got my mistakes out early in my early 20s. Started turning my life around at that point, learning about money, pop, proper money management. And I started out in the corporate world, ended up in the entrepreneur world and the business world. So I've had eight companies over the past 15 years. And I've done well in some of them, not so well in other ones. And uh, that's really how I grew into what I do today. I teach people about personal finance, helping them with their student loan debt, if they're making the jump from corporate to self-employment, freelancing, if they're running a business and they need some ideas on customer service, since I've had some employees do that for me in the past as well. So all these little different pieces I've picked up on my own over the years that I'm now able to share to keep people from making the mistakes that I've made in my past. So so the businesses, you say you've had eight companies, so the businesses that you've had, have they all been in a certain sector or they've been service businesses, products, retail, 
or a combination thereof? I've had one brick and mortar early on. That was a consulting business. We were teaching people about wireless networking. So kind of all over the place. The first one was teaching people about wireless computer networks, hospitals, office buildings, going in and setting up what's called access points and getting it to connect to your laptop. Moved from there. My last company that I sold was in the green building space. So we taught architects and general contractors about energy efficiency design. Uh, it was completely different. It's still in the training industry. And the one that I do now is a bit like personal finance consulting, what we talked about, helping people with their finances and manage that aspect of it as well, as well as my wife and I run an adoption website, helping people. Really? Donate. Yes. So <laughs> kind of all over the place. A lot of them are based on my background, which is in IT and computer technology. So that certainly helps me in that area. But I've been able to partner with people who have domain knowledge in other areas that I don't have, like the wireless networking people. My wife knew about green building. We have friends who know all about adoption, but I have this fundamental knowledge of IT building websites and online businesses that has helped me grow those businesses. Well, that's that's really neat. I mean, you know, for, for, for this audience, I mean, you have a lot of people listening who are in the process of, of leaving the corporate world um, that you once belonged to and, and, and going into business for themselves. Um, Many of which are looking to, at to, to buy or, or look at good franchise opportunities. But there's also a good segment of people who are building businesses and 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 looking at and expanding through the franchise model. So the the one thing I was thinking of as you were as you were speaking was, man, eight businesses. That, you know, I think for a lot of people, just just honing in on one just can seem so overwhelming. How were you? Did you did you run some of these businesses at the same time, or did you did you have them sort of sequentially, you know, one at a time, uh, or, or how did you manage all that? Sure, it started and the cycle kind of repeated itself. I was in the corporate world, and then for three years, I worked every evening and weekend on what we call my side hustle, which was the wireless training and certification business. I had a couple business partners, and as the company grew. Each of us was able to peel off from our corporate job and pay ourselves a salary. And it took me three years working for free in order to allow me to do that. Then once I got going with that full time, I started having other ideas. So same cycle, I would work in the evenings and the weekends on my other business. And I kind of did that for 15 years over these eight different companies. Now I have twin three and a half year olds. So that's my evenings and weekends right there. I only have one company to run. <laughs> That's a whole other job, Scott. I mean, it is. <laughs> I've got three girls. I've got an eight-year-old, a three-year-old, and a and a twenty-month-old. So I can I can perfectly relate. I don't have twins though. I don't have twins. Uh, but that that's awesome. Congratulations on that. Thank you. So you have as well. You know, you obviously at some point decided that that your real uh, focus was going to be on the financial side of things, right? Yes, a couple of years ago, my wife and I were running the green building training company. The opportunity came up to sell that to a friend of ours, and we had been running for seven years at that point, kind of got burnt out on it. And it was me sitting down thinking, all right, I can set margaritas on the beach for the rest of my life and be a bum, or no, you know, I've really got this entrepreneurial business fire. I've been doing it for so long. I want to keep doing that. Hey, let's take everything I've learned about business, personal finance, money, and spend my time doing that and helping people, which is it's been extremely rewarding. I've had a great time doing it the past couple of years, helping people get out of debt, uh, peel off from the corporate life like I have, get started investing. It's been really challenging to learn a lot, but fun at the same time. 
Well, and you've got a best-selling book, A 99-Minute Millionaire. Is that right? Yes, that's correct. I have a podcast and radio show where I answer listener questions. The question keep coming, kept coming up over and over again, how do I get started investing? And early on, I made every investing mistake that you could possibly make, buying individual stocks, buying them too high, selling them too low, day trading, penny stocks, buying into IPOs and losing money, buying into commodities. So I bought all these stupid stuff that I've done. <laughs> I call myself the former money moron. And then I wanted to walk people through the, I call this the boring way of investing, really, getting into, you know, here's what compound interest is. Some people don't know this stuff. And here's how you get started from not knowing anything about compound interest or why you should save money. What is a stock? What is a mutual fund? Up until the end of the book where you can call yourself an investor. So, but, but the 99-minute millionaire, where'd you come up with the title for that? It's kind of a cool title. Yeah, one of the challenges I laid out for myself when I was working on the book is how can I teach a beginner who knows nothing about investing or saving money and walk them through the entire process in 99 minutes or less? And if you if you're an average reader, you can finish the book in 99 minutes. The audiobook is a little bit longer because that's me speaking and takes a little bit longer to do that, but that was the challenge I threw down for myself. I obtained it. So I was pretty happy with the results. I've had a lot of great feedback on it from people saying, hey, you've really opened my eyes to investing. This is great. I never knew how to do it. I never knew what I was doing this wrong. And, you know, thank you. So for for, for somebody who's just getting started in a, in a franchise business or growing a franchise business, I mean, you've had a lot of different experiences. What's the biggest financial challenge that you see business owners or I guess financial mistakes that business owners make over and over again and, 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 and what can they do to avoid it? The biggest one, and I thankfully learned it before I peeled off from my corporate job, is have a safety net. And that is we call it an emergency fund, a rainy day fund, whatever you want to call it. I had six to nine months of savings, just my basic expenses, mortgage, insurance, minimum amount of food. Now, how much could I scale my life back to the bare bone just to survive? What is that number each month? Multiply that by six so that if something happens, uh, you know, your general manager leaves you and you don't have somebody running the shop or you lose your customer service rep or something happens where you have a, a really bad month, you've got this cushion. And it's really freeing from a mental standpoint. Number one, you can think, all right, we had a bad month, but I've got this extra money over here. And I'm not doomed. We're not going to have to close doors. And number two, it just makes, it allows you to make smarter and wiser decisions, knowing that you don't have to do things you wouldn't otherwise do for, to pay down the debts, for example. You're not having a flash sale. All right, the, the bank loan's due tomorrow. We've got to come up with X number of dollars. So everything's 25% off, something crazy like that, which is going to hurt you in the long run, potentially. You don't have to do that because you've got that cushion to pull from. And that gets you through the bad times. It also helps on the relationship side. <laughs> if you're in a relationship, you've got a spouse, you've got kids, because you're not coming home angry sweating bullets. It's not carrying over into your personal life because, again, you've got this cushion. You can sleep a little better at night, and it just it just makes everything better. You're not a slave to the bank. You've got loans. You're not a slave to the lender. 
You just got this little thing back here called a cushion, a good night's sleep, rainy day fund, whatever you want to call it, and it makes life a heck of a lot easier. And that applies to people who are in the corporate world as well. When you've got one of those things going on and you're just a regular employee, it makes life so much better. Now I can see too, and well, that's that's really good advice. And I and I know that when somebody's starting a business, that's ideal. I know that uh, you know the number one reason that that small business owners fail is because they're undercapitalized. You know, they just don't have they don't have enough. And sometimes that gets disguised as you know that's a bad business model or there's a bad system and so forth. But it's like, well, no, you just didn't have enough money to get you through what inevitably inevitably is going to be a Oftentimes a slow start it always takes people longer than they think to get going. I've, I've noticed that over and over and over again. Um, but one thing, the things I'm curious about is, you know, I often get the question, you know, I'm not at the startup. If you're, if you're not at the startups stage, you know, and you've, you've got something, you've built something and now you're looking to, looking to grow it. A lot of people make financial mistakes at that point in time too. I mean, do you work with companies at that stage or do you more focus on, um, when they're first starting out. Yeah, I'm more focused on the individual and when they're first starting out. And you're right, at that point, they can make some unwise decisions like, all right, I'm going to go sell 40% to my brother-in-law because he's got money. And then he comes into the situation that causes some friction because now he wants to tell you how to run the business. Or I want to go out and start start it with my cousin who's got 20% and he gets into the situation. And Or I've got this old college roommate. He's got some money. I've got a friend right now. He's in running a business. He has a partner who's had for a number of years who owns a percentage of the company and the partner doesn't do any work, but he can't get rid of him. So it's in a bad situation. He's still got to pay him. He's still an ownership and owner in the company, but it just doesn't do anything. It, it, well, that, 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 that's a problem, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a, well, it's interesting too, because you know, it, with a lot of, um, with a lot of franchise businesses, in fact, I just got an email about this not too long ago. Um, a question from, from, from a listener, which was, you know, are, are there franchise systems that, you know, will, will lend essentially loan money to a franchisee for their initial deposit, their initial franchise fee? And so in other words, they don't, you know, the person who's buying the franchise isn't going to come out of pocket right away. They're going to borrow right. to, to buy into the franchise, which there are, there are many franchisors. Um, that do that and many franchisees that take people up on that opportunity. Um, I certainly have some thoughts on that, but I'm more, I'm curious what your thoughts are on that in terms of, you know, do, do you think that's wise? Is it a case by case basis or do you, do you have a philosophy that says, yeah, I know you have the philosophy of, you know, make sure you have enough in the bank, but sometimes people who have enough in the bank still want to borrow and use other people's capital to make their, to, to invest in, in different business opportunities. I'm curious your thoughts on that. For me, I am very risk averse. And I think that stems from my background of being in debt and how I've chose to run my businesses over the years by not taking on debt. On the flip side of that, you've got the rich dad, poor dad type of personality, which is let's borrow as much money as the bank is going to give us. And we're going to risk it all 100 percent of our personal assets and our house and everything. And that's an opposite extreme as well. I think there's a healthy balance somewhere in the middle, depending on each, each person's personality, their spending habits, their background, education, their family situation, where they have to sit down and say, all right, we we're we're. Okay with it taking out this amount of money and 
that's what we're going to use to seed the business. We're not going to do any more than that. Or maybe they've got like an open line of credit where they can take out X and more than that down the road. It's really a matter of how, how much risk do you want to take versus how much reward do you expect to get out of it? How many hours are you going to put into this business? What's your long-term plan? How are you going to grow? What are you going to do during the downtimes? How are you going to answer all these what if questions and start going through those? What if this happens? What if that happens? Uh, what if my partner uh, passes away and then his wife or his or her spouse inherits the business? All these different situations that come up. And from there, I think you can make at least a wiser decision. It's never going to be perfect. There's always going to be crazy stuff that happens during those times. Well, you know, that's exactly right. And, and you know, I'm. it's interesting when people do talk about, you know, borrowing money to get started on a business. Um, you know, as I always tell people, you know, undercapitalized doesn't necessarily mean you, you have all the money. It's that, that you have to have access to money, too. So if you can, if, if it makes sense for your business to do that, then certainly there's, you know, the, the, you should consider all options, um, but um, I, I lend myself more to, toward your lens as well, which is a little bit less, a little bit more risk averse. <laughs> I mean, I don't want to, you know, to the, you know, cash is king, as they say, right? So I mean, you know, certainly if you have the ability to to to, to drive it yourself, you want to think long and hard, depending on the terms, right? I mean, if you, but if you're in a situation, of course, where you have a lot of leverage, um, you can get an incredible low interest rates uh, and you have the ability to be in a position where you don't have to, you know, put everything on the line um, or on the table, then maybe it is something, something to consider for sure. Um, I'm curious, uh, Scott, before we go here, what, when you work with an individual, can you maybe tell the listeners sort of what the process is you take them through? I know you've got the, the, the 99 minute uh, millionaire, the, the, mm -hmm. that message. But is this? It, are these engagements that are, you know, do they are they annual engagements? Or is this is this month? How, how do you structure uh, working with a small business owner? Typically, it's someone will email me and I'll answer questions on my show. They may have. I'll give an example. Somebody emailed me, I'll say two or three weeks ago. She had just bought a. I want to call it a, one of these workout facilities where you go through like different um, uh, cycle training, uh, for lack of a better term. And she dropped 50 grand on that. And she had some questions. Oh, I'm in this debt. I've got this regular job. How am I going to grow this business? And it was a matter of walking through, all right, you're, you've got the business. So you've already taken on the debt. What are the steps that you need to do to grow that market, that be the salesperson, be there every day and go through all those questions that should have really been answered prior to buying the business, but she was already knee deep in the debt and needed some suggestions on that. And to get back to your question, it really is. I try to answer as much as I possibly can on my show so that everybody learns from it. Well, how long have you been doing your show, by the way? It'll be coming up a year and a half right now, two years in November. Okay, good stuff. Well, <laughs> we'll have to. And that's it's it's the Scott Allen Turner Show, right? Yes, that's right. And it can be found iTunes or anywhere podcasts can be listened to. Correct. Yes. And then in terms of uh, in terms of the best way to contact you is it through your website at Scott Allen Turner. Dot com or do you have another preferred preferred method for being contacted? Yeah, I spent, set up a special link for Franchise Euphoria listeners. It's scottallenturner.com slash euphoria, and there's some free goodies that we've got up there that people can get. Reach into the goodie bags, I like to say. <laughs> well, that's awesome. Well, I, I really appreciate you coming on. I know you're a busy guy, and, and I don't like to take up too much time 
um, for my guests. And certainly when we when the episode airs, we will have all the good information uh, in in the show notes, uh, including your website, Twitter feed, and and information on the free free audio version. Um, so I, I really appreciate you coming on and sharing some of the financial aspects that people need to be thinking about for a business because I'll tell you at the end of the day and I was talking to somebody about this the other day you know as much as people think business is a rah rah you know always fun type game the the, the real truth of it is if you want to have a successful business you got to know your numbers and you really got to understand the finan- the financial metrics of your business or else you you really long term are not going to succeed that's correct. It's a matter of where am I? Where am I trying to get to? How am I going to get there? And uh, I like to think of it as we're working backwards. If I have a certain dollar amount that I'm trying to get to in 24 months, how many sales is that in month 24, 23? What mar- type of marketing do we need to get there? What type of advertising do we need to get there? Who do we need to hire and at what point? And breaking that big goal down into those medium, small, really mini goals and day-to-day and weekly goals to make sure that you're on track to get there. Well, there's a whole lot of people who can use those services. So thank you again, Scott, for coming on, and I really appreciate it. My pleasure, Josh. Thanks for having me. Take care. Thanks for being with us today on the Franchise Euphoria podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please be sure to go to iTunes and provide a review. Also, please remember that although Josh Brown is a licensed and practicing attorney, nothing contained in this podcast should be construed as legal advice, because it is not. The information contained in this podcast is general and educational in nature, and none of it should be relied upon as legal advice. That being said, if you have questions for Josh and would like to contact him, please email him at josh at franchiseuphoria.com. Thank you so much for listening, and we hope you tune in to our next weekly episode.